Iowa everywhere. Chris Williams. Hey, Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Good morning. Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris. Here in Iowa Everywhere. October the 9th, 2023. My name is Chris Williams. Joined as always by Chris Hassel. Matt Van Winkle is producing the program. How are you, Chris? Oh, you got the Ames on. Or just for you. What does that say underneath it? ISU. It's like a we sell these at Cyclone Fanatic. Twenty percent off right now, by the way. Um nice. I, yeah. I wore it just for you because I knew how much you how much fun you've been having with the Ames stuff. You said yesterday you hadn't even seen the video. Well, no, I hadn't yesterday, but you and your troll dad are always calling Iowa State Ames. <laughs> Iowa State players will honor Trice through their legacy game throwback uniform. Before they were the Cyclones, they were the Ames, what the early 1900 Iowa State <laughs> athletic teams were referred to as. They, they were the Ames. So, I did, so is it the Ames is or just the Ames? I think we'll just go with the Ames. I think it would have to be the Ameses. Don Hassel's having himself a day, huh? <laughs> Before they Don's were the Cyclones, the, they the were Ames. the Ames. Just I mean, what a, love it. What, how does that even get through? That aired on ESPN. Someone on wrote game that, day, right? Or no, it was before game day. Okay, it was the countdown know. to game day, I guess. Which I, the hell I don't is know. a countdown to game day. I game don't day know. I didn't even know anything was on ESPN Live before game day. It comes on so early. <laughs> so he thought they thought that Ames was like a nickname. Didn't cross their minds that oh, that's the town they play in. What a slap in the face to the to the the legacy of Jack Trice. What a slap in the face. He's rolling over in his grave today. Welcome to the program. A lot to get to. Of course, we are presented by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. We are here live today in the Channel Seed Studios. The uh, Channel Seedsmen, they do a heck of a job. They go on and give their takes on the game with Ben Bruns and John Miller on Cyclone and Hawkeye Sunday. You can go and listen to those programs if you missed it. Um, let's start with Iowa State today. I think it's deserving. Uh, the Cyclones, Chris, really was an incredible day just all around there. The the atmosphere, the... Um, Van Wink is really proud. All the photos he's showing from the Cyclone game are from his camera. He took all these he's pictures. He's a hell of a photographer. That that one is, is yours, Matt? You went up there for the... Yeah, yeah, I did. Shot? Well, I went up there. I went up there because it was a nice sunset, and I was like, "Oh, this would be a cool shot as the team's coming on." And all of a sudden, these fireworks start shooting off. I had no idea. You had no idea. No. Wow. I might have to steal that one and frame it for the for the studio potentially. Yeah, I'm working uh, on no, a cool design with it, so I'll get you one. Okay, perfect, Chris. You you kind of wrote it in our rundown. It, it was uh, you, your quote was exactly what the doctor ordered. 27 to 14 went over TCU. Really, that game wasn't as close as the score indicated. It's why at halftime I was actually worried because they had, you know, two interceptions, a turnover on downs, and a block punt, and they were only up by three. It felt like they mm -hmm. should have been up way more. And 
the defense was struggling there in the first half, but really clamped down, had a great second half, and Iowa State ran the football 215 yards. They they had explosive plays, uh, another turnover-free game for Rocco Beck, which is what you need. He's When Iowa State wins, he hasn't turned the ball over in any of those games, so it's a pretty clear recipe for success for this team. Uh, just... Um, it wasn't a perfect game, but man, it, it was it was close for Iowa State. Dominant and mm-hmm. really gives you a ton of momentum going into this stretch in the Big Twelve where you feel like they can win a lot of these games. No turnovers, one penalty. Blocked a punt, ran for over two hundred yards. I mean, it, it was almost perfect. I mean, when you consider everything, the night, the one hundred year honoring of the legend that your stadium is named after, uh, a team coming in that was in the college football playoff last year, was in the national championship game. Yes, it's a different team. It's They're not nearly as good. They're, they're, they're having a tough time of it this season, but it's still the same coach that coached these guys to uh, the college football playoff last season on the doorstep of a national championship, and that was... Um, that was exactly what the doctor ordered. I mean, the defense got back to it. Maybe those those games against Oklahoma State and Oklahoma were just kind of, um, you know, weren't the weren't weren't part of the narrative that this season is going to be. That were maybe they were outliers. And we know Oklahoma is really good. And Oklahoma yeah, we, State showed they're better than we thought. Yeah. So I, I felt good watching Oklahoma State on Friday night. It made me feel mm-hmm. a little bit better about Iowa State. Yeah, me in too. In a weird way. And then, you know, my theory was last week and what I was hopeful for was that Oklahoma and Texas are just so much better than the rest of the mm-hmm. league that last week's game was a bit of an anomaly. <laughs> and it certainly appears that way. It does, especially with Kansas State losing the way that they did. Because now mm-hmm. it's like, I, I had this on our rundown later on. Who would you, like, if you had to try power rating the Big 12 after Texas and Oklahoma right now? It's brutal. I mean, you probably put, put in that Kansas third. third. Spot. What? I'd probably put Kansas, maybe BYU. They had a nice road win at Arkansas. But it's like these teams are just, it's just a hodgepodge of like similar teams right now. Mm-hmm. And now Iowa State going to uh, an 0 2 Cincinnati team. I mean, look at these, these teams that are transitioning from the American. Cincinnati's 0-2, Houston's 0-2, UCF is 0-3 in conference. The None of these American win, teams have won a Big Ten game or a Big 12 game. The only one that's won one was BYU against another one of the newcomers. Mm-hmm. And BYU Cincinnati. was a independent, independent, so not playing in the same, you know, they weren't an American team. I think they've got a great opportunity. I mean, fans are riding high. It's a. I think it's going to be a winnable game on the road, man. If you can get that, then all of a sudden you're in the conversation for maybe being that third best team in the conference. I also can't help but but think about that Ohio game. That seems like so long ago. That was a different iteration of this Iowa State team, right? And 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 I I think I could make the argument now that that was actually a positive for this team because if they win let's say they somehow win that game right or that controversial Mm -hmm. field goal is good and you go down and tie like whatever do they make as an extreme of a change as they did offensively 
You know, maybe you can give the credit to that Iowa State fan who yelled at Campbell. Maybe that was the the switch That's the guy. that needed to be flipped. He went went after him. Hold me back. Hold me back. And then decided, all right, damn it. I don't want any more of this garbage. We're changing <laughs> but things up. What's interesting about it is that game on on Saturday was that's what Campbell wants to do offensively. Like he, the whole air raid thing, we had fun with, but you mm-hmm. knew they were never going to be just a team that threw it fifty times a game. But my point is, without doing that, I don't think it would have ever opened up what they have right now because now defenses actually have to prepare for a passing game and a, you know, like a real offense. Live hard one disagrees with you. He says losing is never a positive. It's like saying getting into a car crash is a positive. I disagree. I do too, because I think sometimes losing is the only thing that will convince these coaches that a change needs to be made. Like why why is Kirk Ferentz not ever changing? Because they don't lose. They 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 beat all these horrible and Big this, Ten West teams. This is why you say the West has held Iowa back. This yes. is exactly why. Yes. I think and sometimes I promise losing you too, is a major wake-up call. If they would have won that game at Ohio, the narrative after it would have been, oh my God, all these guys had the stomach flu and they were still able to grind one through on the road against a good Mac team. That would have been the narrative. Not, God, the offense still sucks. You can't win like this in the Big 12. You know, They made a dramatic shift after that game. And... And it's lessened again. Like they're not running air raid like that. That was kind of, I think, just tongue in cheek when they put that graphic out there. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I again, I'll, I'll go to my grave without that game against Oklahoma State. I don't think they're running the football the way that they are now. It's given their offensive line more confidence because they're not getting eight nine. They're not seeing eight nine man boxes every time, right? Like they're yeah. the running backs can run downhill. It's and again, like I let's look at Oklahoma, Texas. It's a pretty good team. I mean, that they looks like a playoff yeah. team right now. Oklahoma does, and I they actually do. think this this iteration of Oklahoma could win a playoff game. You know, in the past, it was we, look at Lincoln Riley right now. Every week, USC oh is if it's Arizona State, if it's Colorado, if it's Arizona at home, that atrocious defense, they're going to get caught at some mm-hmm. point, and if not. Say they do make the playoff, they're not going to win because they're not as complete of a football team. This Brent Venables Oklahoma team, you 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 know better than me. You see Notre Dame up close. You 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 see all. The, but this Oklahoma team, in my opinion, even Texas, you called their game against Alabama. Either one of those teams are good enough to win a playoff game. Yes, they're well rounded enough, and we haven't seen that really from the Big Twelve team in a really long time. Van Winkie, pull up Iowa State's remaining well, schedule. TCU, I guess. I, I think that I think that you know the this entire season has opened up because Iowa State has has proven that they can win, and because the Big Twelve outside of Oklahoma and Texas is wide open. You've got Cincinnati this week, and I think Iowa State fans are going into that game thinking you can win it and get to 3 and 1 in conference play at Baylor. I mean, does Baylor really scare you? I I I don't know that I'd pick Iowa State Baylor's to win the mess. game. Yeah. It, it it's it's two straight road games, but you got a bye sandwiched in the middle. Home against Kansas, it, that's a 
that's tough, but mm, I, I would put Kansas as the third best team in the league right now. Even would you? I, I, I might. I don't. I, yeah, I might go BYU. I'm not sure. I don't yeah, like whatever. the the, the sure. game at BYU, and that's. I mean, that's a tough stretch. You've got two straight road games. You're home against a ranked Kansas team. Then you're on the road at BYU, home against number nine, Texas, at Kansas State. But I think I think you're looking at Cincinnati, Baylor, Kansas as – I look at those as winnable games. I look at those as almost toss-up games for Iowa State now because the Kansas game's at agree. home. Yeah, I completely agree. Um. Kansas State's a really tough place to play. Iowa State never plays well there for some reason, and and I, and again, like, would it shot? Would it be crazy to upset Texas? No, but I I don't think this is like a Texas team. Iowa State has jumped up and bid and Jack. But Christ it's also, I, I think a lot of it might have to do with where is Texas at on November eighteenth, yeah. the second yeah, to last week of the season. If they suffer another loss before then. Where where will their heads be at? If they're somehow not going to get in that Big 12 championship game, and I see that as, as unlikely because of what we talked about. these Those two teams just seem like they're head and shoulders above, and they already have a head-to-head win against Kansas. But if they were to be somehow out of the playoff race already, because I think you could make the argument that they're still in it with the, with the win at Alabama – yeah, I would agree. If Texas wins out, they go to the Big 12 championship game. They have the rematch with Oklahoma. No doubt. And I think you win that, you're probably in the playoff. But if they suffer another loss between now and that game, their heads could be in a different spot. My my final take on the Cyclones is that is is this. Bloom tweeted out last night that 17 freshmen played like real snaps in this game, not garbage time snap. But that that mm-hmm. so it shows you how young they are. My my thought has been after the Ohio game, it was kind of like, all right, um, it's kind of a throwaway season in the sense of like they're rebuilding again. It is a re- you can talk about why that is the case, but they are. And I wanted to, and I still think I'm here. My biggest thing, Chris, is it's less about a bowl game to me. It would be great. I'm I want them to, but if you do get to one, it's probably going to be. The New Mexico Bowl, or you know, it's not like this. I just want to see this team just keep ascending to really build momentum because I think next year they could be really good. You look at you got a quarterback, you've got these young running backs, you've got an approving offensive line. The defense will take a step back a little bit next year, you would think, but they've still got good young players. I just want to keep seeing them ascend. And I think if they do that, they're gonna have themselves in a shot because of the schedule that you pointed out. I just this is a great opportunity. For some reason, Campbell teams always play better in the month of October than they do in September. And I think it'll be, you know, probably um, even more so this year because of all the young players. Like they actually have some reps now. So let's see. It'll be a it'll be a fun month, the month of October for sure. I'm, is it possible that Iowa State fans feel better about their season and their team than Iowa fans do? despite a head-to-head win and only one loss? Let me put it this way. Here, here's where I just think the difference is. Ben, ben Bruns put it perfectly. I think it was last week on his show. He was asked something similar. And it all has to do with like where you're at on your journey. Mm-hmm. And, and no doubt, like we're at the end of the Ferentz one, right? Like mm-hmm. At some point, not maybe not this year, but he is at the final 
Yeah, and, and like with Campbell, I feel like what was the year that Ference they lost to like Western Michigan? That what was 2007. Was that? They lost at the end of the season to Western Michigan and kept them out of a bowl game. Yeah, I I kind of feel like last year and the beginning of this year is that's where Campbell was at in that little. Because these are not powerhouse programs. That's what these fan bases need to understand. You're you're not, and you're never going to be. Iowa State is never going to be a program that wins ten games every year. You're not, well, even you, in the new just, Big Twelve. There's how about you win ten games once? <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean, though. Like yeah. even like, so, but I don't so stop fans that. Aren't, like fans aren't asking for that, really. Are they? No. Uh, I, I was I was being hyperbolic, but my point is there are going like the Campbell era for the most part has been the best era in the history of Iowa State football. Oh yeah, and they did have a down season last year, and this year started down. But I I I want it to be ascending back up. So then you know you look into the off season, maybe you can have some success in the portal, and you can be one of the top four teams in that league going into next year. I think that, that's really a good. Possible. That's a good parallel. So I'm thinking. You mentioned that Iowa 2007 team. So maybe you can compare the 21 season for Iowa State to the 2006 season for Iowa. Iowa State in 2021 was nationally ranked and supposed to be really good. Mm -hmm. Iowa 2006, remember they hosted College Game Day. The the picture behind me, that's the, the night game against Ohio State when both teams were in the top 15. The bottom fell out for Iowa. They finished two and six in conference play, and Iowa State wasn't that bad in in twenty twenty one. But it was that well, they went seven games and they were top ten in the country. Yeah, they, they went seven and six with the bull loss to Clemson. So then the the next year for Iowa was that two thousand seven season where they missed a bowl game, lost to Western Michigan at home. That would be last year for Iowa State. Iowa State was worse. You know the 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 bottom kind of fell out there. But in two thousand eight for Iowa. They had a rough start to the season. They were losing one-score games. And then all of a sudden, it clicked. And that was when they they had Sean Green. They started winning some big games. And I think they finished on a four-game winning streak, including a win over uh, a Penn State team that was potentially going to go undefeated. So maybe, maybe that is the path for, for Matt Campbell because Kirk Ferentz was kind of in that I mean, that was year, what, year eight or so mm-hmm. when when that happened. So I think that's a that's a decent comparison because there are ebbs and flows. I mean, Ferentz has had a bunch of them. He, was, he went straight up and then came down 2006, 2007, then back way up 2008, 2009. 2010 was supposed to be incredible. It wasn't. Dipped way down 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 back up. So there are, even with a a Hall of Fame coach and Kirk Ferentz, he's going to be a Hall of Fame coach. What'll be there are major ebbs and flows. It's not the it, same every it'll year. It'll be interesting how the portal changes all this too. And and I, I don't know. I just think some guys are going to be better at it than others. And you can really I mean, like what Dion's doing. Really, mm-hmm. it's like you've kind of eliminated that in Colorado, where you go from two wins to probably a bowl team, maybe. They got some work to do. Um, we'll get into Iowa real quick. I want to let's do our uh, Kelderman Manufacturing bigger, better, bolder. Oh, you better lay out, lay out. Bigger, better, bolder. Powered by Kelderman Manufacturing. It is harvest, and I actually was on 
texting with my brother-in-law this weekend. Shit breaks during harvest. Remember our friends at Kelderman Manufacturing, Kelderman.com, located in Oskaloosa, huge supporters of what we do here on Two Guys Named Chris. They have an entire line of agricultural products, and they are here to support our great Iowa farmers. So check them out at Kelderman.com. Uh, they've got a the down corn reel is their specialty, but they've got all, all all sorts of stuff, and they want to help farmers out there. Matty Van Winks. Oh, baby. Our Cyclones and Hawkeyes had a heck of a day in the NFL yesterday. Holy smokes. They did. Brock Purdy, obviously, my man. Wait, uh, is that who you're going with again? Brock no, Purdy? it's a, com- it's a combination. It's, yeah, every week. It's a combination of Iowa, Iowa State Cyclones, Iowa Hawkeyes, Purdy threw four touchdowns. Three Kittle had three receiving touchdowns. Brees Hall had one rushing touchdown. Sam Laporta two receiving touchdowns, and David Montgomery with a, a nice rushing touchdown as the Lions. That's a fun team to watch. The Lions, you, man. I'm sorry. Did you say Will McDonald in there? No, because he got his first like he got a fumble recovery for the Jets. So he was he was kind of in the mix. I saw Epinesa. I think had a nice sack too. Yeah, so. really good, really good day. That, and that that was uh, quite the ass whooping. Your 49ers gave the Dallas that, Cowboys man. last night. Man. Big stage. Man. Brock Purdy is in the top three for MVP odds right now. Mm. Amazing. System. He should be. He's been great. Who do you got, Good Hassel? Stuff. I'm going to go with Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma quarterback. Uh, this is a guy that, that had the, the injury at UCF, transferred, ended up, I think he originally transferred to somewhere out west and then uh, went to Oklahoma to go with Brent Venables. And it was a disastrous season last year. Not not his fault. He was good. But Oklahoma was not good. I mean, it, would, would they go 6-6? Six and six? And Then this season, that game, that moment, and man, that, that throw oh. that he had, standing in the pocket with everything collapsing around him – and seeing his man wide open in the corner of the end zone for just an iconic play that will live on in Oklahoma lore to beat the Texas team that was supposed to be back. This was supposed to be the Texas team. And Oklahoma, they weren't... People were saying that, you know, you got hot seat coming into this season. Venables is on the hot seat. If they, yeah. if they only win I, seven, eight games I, I again... I said that. Yeah, a lot of people did. And he goes in and does that on that stage. Wow. Clutch. Yeah, I think you could have put Brent Venables in here too. I think he's national mm-hmm. coach of the year right now. At this at this very moment, he would he would definitely get mine. Uh speaking of coaches, this one's kind of boring, but you got to you got to tip your hat to Nick Saban today, don't you? I mean, goes into Texas A&M Chris, you called their game against Texas that well, I don't think was as close as the 34-24 scoreboard would have indicated. Texas kicked their ass in Tuscaloosa. And so then the next week, they go into South Florida. They win by 14, but that was a game late in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. against South Florida. And everybody, okay, it's the end. It's Georgia's time. Hmm. <laughs> Saban's lost it. You know, everything comes to an end. Every every dynasty comes to an end. They handle Ole Miss when they're a popular pick to lose outright. They beat them by 14. They go on the road and cruise by a three-score win at Mississippi State. And then this weekend, a great test against a Texas A&M team that have been playing really well. 
you know, Jimbo Fisher, there's the history there, and, and Saban just takes him to school. A close game, a, a good game, but I, I just, again, we learn, and I learned it because I thought Ole Miss would beat him. I, I got sucked right in with the rest of the yeah. Yeah, fan I boys. <laughs> Don't count out Nick Saban. We've learned that again. Bigger, bolder, better. I love these guys that can just, you know, they just defy the odds. And and, and I, Saban's no underdog. I'm not trying to frame him as that. But we all tried to bury him and look sure. at him now. Benched his starting quarterback, Jalen Milrow, after that Texas loss and gave the other guys a chance. They looked terrible against South Florida. Goes back to Milrow, and he had a huge game against Texas A&M, his best game. So it's... Th- there's only two undefeated teams in conference play in the SEC. There's one in the East. There's one in the West. It's Georgia in the East. It's Alabama in the West. And they're on a collision course once again to meet in the SEC championship game. Boy, it felt like Georgia kind of got things right. Yeah. You, you kind of called that. You didn't want to give a prediction because you were calling the game. But you kind of felt that, I could tell. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say I saw them winning by 40. But... They're a much better team than Kentucky. Um, we got to get they, you a good game. You you've been to a lot of blowouts. Well, you well, had, I guess Duke Notre Dame. We've had two one. blowouts. It was the, that game that I just had this week, and the Colorado Oregon game. And and I going into those, I I thought both of those would be blowouts, but Duke Notre Dame was great. Texas Alabama was great. Uh, the the West Virginia backyard brawl was close. The North Carolina South Carolina game was pretty close late. Uh, this week, I think, is going to be a, a bang. I'm jealous. I'm Washington jealous. I and go. Oregon. I, I, mm. I don't know. I, I don't know who to pick in this game. I, I, I saw Oregon. They look complete. I feel like they could be the more complete team. But Washington's offense is off the charts. It's Bo Nix against Michael Penix. A couple of Heisman hopefuls. It's in Washington. Um, it, I, I can't wait to get out to Seattle and see that. Uh, real quick shout out too to Iowa Native and my buddy Troy Dannon, who the now former Tulane athletic director, he's getting that Washington job as they mm. head into the it's Big huge. Ten. So really, uh, he's a great guy. I I've known him for a really long time. I know you worked with him too for for years. He was at Northern Iowa, he was with the girls' union for a while. So an Iowan moving up and and doing great things. All right, let's go to the Hawks. Um. Some of the stats pouring out of Iowa City in the first quarter were just uh, epic. Uh, Deacon Hill is one of nine with an interception, and Iowa State Iowa leads ten zero. You can't make uh, it up. <laughs> I love this stat is especially you know an air raid like throwing the ball geek like I am. You know Iowa really controlled the game, and you know I I never doubted that they were going to lose. Deacon Hill was six of twenty one. The receivers didn't catch a ball. Eric All caught five of the six receptions, and the other one was a one-yard dump off to Caleb Johnson for a one or a thirteen-yard dump off to Caleb Johnson. Um, Chris, your thoughts? <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll fall on the sword here. I, I picked Purdue to win this game. So did I. I thought Purdue. That's right, you did too. Mm-hmm. I thought Purdue was going to be able to do more through the air. Uh, so I'm I'm focusing more on Iowa's defense. <laughs> Iowa's defense was not great, but pretty good. Uh, Purdue had a couple of missed opportunities, but Iowa's defense really 
flustered that Purdue team and Hudson Carr. They they got to him six times. And what was encouraging to me was some of those were coverage sacks that I think in you know in years past I th- Purdue makes those plays. Not last year, but Purdue. If you give a quarterback time at Purdue, you're going to kill you. It wasn't the case in this game. Iowa, Iowa sacked him six times. Iowa came into the, the game last in the country with, with three sacks. They had six in one game. So the defense did their thing. <laughs> and the offense did what they needed to do. I, I don't know how they were able to run the ball as effectively as they were. I know there were just a few quick bursts. The big 67-yarder is a big chunk of the yardage that Iowa had. But like, if I'm Purdue, what are you doing? How does that happen? How do you not go in there and say, there's no way these bastards are running on us? There's no way. We're going to make Deacon Hill beat us. Deacon Hill didn't have to. Because Iowa broke some big runs. They and did. I, I, I get it. I, I think I gave Purdue too much credit for beating a really bad Illinois team. Purdue is too. bad too. Purdue is bad. And they still had the ball with a chance to win that game late. But again, Iowa won. They continue to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. It's frustrating. What's funny to me is it's frustrating for Iowa fans to win like this. Could you imagine losing to a team like this? How much more That's a good frustra- point. I think if you're, if you're a Purdue fan, like a diehard Purdue fan today, and you're looking at this box score and you're like, how in the hell did we lose this game? But it like, but watching it, it never felt, I, I never felt like Purdue was going to win. No, I didn't either. Even when they got the ball with a chance to win it. No, because that Iowa defense knew what they were going to do at that point and they have no chance. Again, it's not fun. It's, it wasn't an enjoyable game. The, the best part of the game was Cooper DeGene got a pick and ran it back, and he was in the open field again. That's that's what it comes down to for Iowa. That's Matt. That's like can you can you pull up the big the Iowa schedule for next year real quick? Get that ready. I always want to go through this, compare it to this year. So now you go to Wisconsin, and you're I have a not, I have two not score watched. dog. Is it up to ten now? Yeah, it was nine and a half. The last I saw it, might that's be, two scores. That's you have. That's, I'm sorry, that's, I thought you said double digit. My apologies. Um, yeah, I saw it at nine and a half, and I thought that's where it would be. I thought it would be somewhere around eight and a half, nine, nine and a half, and that's where it's at. And I just want to go through Iowa, this Iowa If Iowa year. does not play its best game of the season by far, they won't even be in the game. Man, so you next think season in year for Iowa, this is that diff, that big huh? of a difference. You think right now they're that far off of Wisconsin? Yeah, yes, on the road, yes. But again, I was wrong about Purdue, so whatever. So we're looking at next year's schedule. Yeah, because it came out on Friday or Thursday, whatever it was, after our show. And I just want to point out the difference in a schedule when you don't have the Big Ten West. Yeah, we don't. Matt, just get down to the Big Ten games here, real quick. Uh, you got the Iowa State, Troy. Uh, oh, Illinois hang State. on, they have an update of their website. I'll get it up. No, I, okay. They're probably too afraid to put those uh, <laughs> but I, other opponents it, on there. It, it kind of just it, it was what I was trying to point out the other day, Chris, in the refresh, where I was like, hey, just try and enjoy winning. I mean, I'm not saying Iowa's going to go down to a three-win team next year because I, 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 I don't believe that. But, man, like 
I mean, you play that game that you played on Saturday against Lincoln Riley. I don't care how bad his defense is. You're going to lose by – and I don't think they play them next year, so maybe that's a bad example. But I, the whole – I, I really like your point. I think it's really, really well thought out about how the Big Ten West has con- – they've, they've all held each other back because they know that they can just play these gross – styles and and you always have a chance. I mean like Purdue, they suck. Like they you're right, they suck. And they had a chance to win at the end of the game against a 5 and 1 team. Like the, it, And if you're just, Kirk Ferentz and you continue to win 8, 9, 10 games a season, why 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 are you going to change, right? If you if you're just playing these same teams every year and you're beating Iowa State every year, and to point out what Wisconsin did, they started to lose those games, and they made a mm-hmm. change. And they made a change instantly. Iowa hasn't lost those games, so they haven't made a change. Next year, Iowa gets uh, Maryland. I'm not sure which of these are home games. I think the home I, games I, the, are The in ones white. in white are home games, I think. Okay. At home, they get Maryland, Michigan State, Minnesota, Ohio State, and UCLA. On the road at Nebraska, Northwestern, Washington, and Wisconsin. So you're already basically swapping out, you know, Purdue and White uh, is away. We're being told. I don't oh, okay. know why, but that's. <laughs> but you see the you see the difference there, and it's just it's fun. Like, isn't that exciting to look at that and see like, oh, yes. that's Iowa's schedule. Yes, that's fun. And I think that's going to force these programs to think differently like i i think it would have forced kirk ferentz to change his philosophy if iowa was playing in the big 10 east if you were playing ohio state penn state and michigan every year i think that would have changed everything but when you when you're only seeing one of those teams every year and you're still getting to play these Big Ten West teams all the time, and you still have a path to the championship, but all you have to do is beat Wisconsin. Why change? <laughs> that, that's, you're selling that's out how he season tickets. Yes. We got uh, Andrew says he still sees eight wins on next year's schedule. I mean, I, I, maybe. They're not. We, we know who your quarterback is. Cade McNamara is coming back. They're not going to compete for a Big Ten championship for a long time, I don't think. Because now there's no divisions. You have to finish in the top two in the conference. Would you rather, as an Iowa fan, win 10 games this year or eight games next year? I think it would probably be a lot more exciting to win eight games in next year's schedule. I mean, pu- pull up that schedule again, Van Wink, and let's just how, how, let's just see how what it would take to get to eight wins. You got... The non Iowa State, right? The non con is not good, other than the the Iowa State game. Let's just say that they they go three and zero. They beat Illinois State, Iowa State, and Troy. Okay, so now you got to win five conference games. Let's at home. You got Nebraska, Northwestern. We'll give them those. So that's they need three more. Pro- can probably beat Maryland. Give you on the Minnesota. Road. You usually can probably beat, beat Minnesota on the road. Can probably beat Michigan State. Yeah, they could get to nine, but. Or they can get to eight wins. But you got Ohio State and UCLA on the road, and you have Washington. It's not a world beater schedule, but it is definitely a step up. 
when you're seeing basically Ohio State is being swapped out for Penn State. The Penn State was this year. Next year it'll be Ohio State. But then you add Washington and UCLA instead of, say, Purdue and Illinois. It's a step up. It's a it's a big step up. That that is a pretty I think that'll be a pretty average schedule the rest of the way for Iowa. There's gonna be some years where where they'll they'll see Ohio State and Michigan or Ohio State and USC. But I think one thing that is gonna help Iowa stay maybe a little bit ahead of the game is that they were able to they they said, Hey, we want three protected rivals. We want Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Minnesota. So you still have three Big Ten West teams on your schedule every single year. And Wisconsin's been the best one. But other teams aren't going to have that. Other teams are going to see the big boys more often than Iowa. So the difference is, over this five-year stretch, some of these teams will see an Ohio State, a Michigan, a USC three times. I was probably only going to see him twice Matt, over that five-year stretch. Matt, can you scroll over and show me Nebraska's schedule? I'm just curious. Nebraska, since they've joined the Big Ten, gets brutal schedules every year because they're such a TV draw. Okay, there's isn't well, yeah. They, so they've got at Ohio State at USC. It's not crazy different from Iowa's though. No, it, it's they have not. UCLA at home. It's not. They they've just gotten a lot of those schedules where they they play Ohio State and Michigan more since they joined the Big Ten than Iowa has in the last thirty years, probably. <laughs> like, yeah, they're always again. It's a television product. I I understand what the Big Ten's doing. Okay, um, what happened? Let's go to after the game. So again, Deacon Hill goes six of twenty one. Um, whatever. Uh, we all watch the game. And after the game, Kirk Ferentz had an exchange with the reporter who asked about putting in Joe Labus. Let's 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 see this and hear this audio. Any thoughts to go to Joe and for what? Um, Joe and Labus? Yeah. Why? I mean, during the game? Yeah. No, the answer is no. No, Deacon, I mean, Deacon's our quarterback right now. And, and that's no offense to Joe, but I mean, that'd be kind of silly. Take a chance. I. <laughs> He acted like he was stunned that anyone would even ask that question. When everybody was asking that question at halftime. My dad sent me a text at halftime. He said, if Deacon Hill starts the second half, I'm turning the game off. It's hyperbole. He didn't. But a lot of people were saying that. And like, come on. How do you not take offense to that? Remember, he would do the same thing with Alex Padilla. Yeah, and who, who was the guy who he like laughed at when they asked if they had put him in? Was that was that Labus right. too? I don't Do think that, that was Labus. Yeah, I can't remember who that was. It was that a, video is courtesy of Elliot Claw from uh, Claw from Rivals dot com. By the way, I thought it was Cloth. Cloth? I don't. I, I don't. Know. I don't know. I know Elliot's a. Yeah, I, I know who he is. I see the name, but I've never heard the the pronunciation of the last name. I just. Play that again, Van Winkin. Just listen to Ferentz. Like, this is an obvious question. You have to know you're going to get it. You have to know. And and uh, 
Roganator points out it was Deuce Hogan, yeah, he, by the he way, who went to Kentucky like, and huh, never really saw Why would I put that loser but, in the game? Yeah, but Van Wink, play this again and listen to Ference's reaction. He thought to go to Joe and... For what? Um, Joe Lavis? Yeah. Why? I mean, during the game? Yeah. No, the answer is no. No, Deacon, I mean, Deacon's our quarterback right now. And, and that's no offense to Joe, but I mean, that'd be kind of silly. Make a change. For what? Any, any thought of going to the backup quarterback? For what? <laughs> that would be silly. <laughs> I mean, our guy completed 25% of his passes. During the game? <laughs> Do you think Ference was actually surprised by that? Or do you think yes. that that was thought out? No, I response? think he was actually surprised by that. I don't think he was prepared for that. I, I, I swear to God. I don't think that he was acting there. I think that was 100% authentic. Because it's not... I really that, do. They're, they're not saying that Labus is still so hurt that it's crazy that they would think that. Like, Labus could play. From everything we've heard, he's healthy again. He's a bowl game champion. Yeah, he he played in the bowl game. It wasn't great. But you've got Deacon Hill out there starting one for nine. The guy was... he. John Miller oh. compared it to Jake Christensen. <laughs> like, he's missing guys by so much that... Like, but he's got a cannon. Comparing him to Spencer Petrus was off the table. Like, Petrus was actually, even when he would miss, he wouldn't miss that bad. He was missing so bad that the defense didn't even have a chance to get it. Like, some of these throws were, and a couple of them were down near the goal line. They ran that, that crazy screen pass that they were trying to set up. He threw a line drive <laughs> that was nearly picked off by the defensive lineman right in front of him. Then when he threw it to the end zone on one of the quick slants, he threw it right into the bread basket of the defender, but he threw it so hard and so wide of the mark that the defensive guy like didn't even realize it was there. So that's the one good thing I guess you have with Deacon Hill is he's been so bad, so off on some of these throws that the defense isn't picking it off. And I, I'll, I'll be the first to say, that interception that he threw early on in that game, that was not his fault. That no. went off the hands of his receiver. That, that probably so should have been caught. But yes, he's he has no touch. He's got to figure out how to put more touch on the ball. I think in the second half, he was a little bit better. Like There was at least some touch on that touchdown pass he threw to all in the second half. Like That had some air under it. That was a good pass. But to, to, for Kirk Ferentz to say to be that surprised? No, I don't think he was expecting it. I really don't. How could? How is that possible? I don't know, Chris. Everyone in that guys, stadium like was thinking, God, this guy is so bad and so off. They've got to at least think about going to Joe Labus. I've been around coaches enough. I don't know Ferentz well enough. Um, but those guys are all probably sitting around their coach's locker room being like, these fucking idiots keep criticizing us and all we do is keep winning. We're, you know, we're down to this guy. He had an offer from, <laughs> he had no offers and, and we're out there winning Big Ten football games with Deacon Hill. Deacon Hill was so bad at Wisconsin that he couldn't even crack the two deep 
to get reps in practice. <laughs> Look, I, I well, like his attitude. To prove himself to Wisconsin next week. Yeah, I, I like his attitude. I like the gunslinger mentality that he's just firing it in there. That he'll just t- he'll, he'll take some shots, but I think it could get oh boy. Just thinking about what a good team can do and has done to Iowa. And Wisconsin's not Penn State. They're not. I mean, it's not even not, not even close. But they are a lot closer to Penn State than any other team Iowa has played. And that's what really scares me about this game. Did you see your guy, uh, Caleb Brown? Still no catches. The wide receiver transfer from Ohio State did not make the – it was not with the team on Saturday. We don't know why. We don't want to speculate could be family or, yeah. or whatever, but thought, I mean, he's the only instant reaction we've ever done to a recruit. Is, and he is still anyone, have a catch. whether it's a talented wide receiver or talented quarterback in the portal, are, are they ever going to get them again? I, I don't think so with Kirk Ferentz and Brian Ferentz. Now, I guess you could say, well, their time is short. Like, are they not going to be there that much longer? Kirk Ferentz is going to hang it up soon, we think. I think it's going to take until then for them to get, a, you know, a highly rated or a highly sought after player, regardless of the NIL money you can give them. I would think, I mean, unless somebody's just out there solely for the money and they can't get it anywhere else. And Iowa's going to say, hey, here you go. What are you doing going to this offense? Are you kidding? And we thought that it couldn't get worse than last season. And the joke that Iowa's offense was last season, it's gotten a lot worse because now it's all about the stupid drive for 325, which isn't even going to be close, I don't think. What does Iowa have to average 28 points the rest of the way? What are they going to score in Wisconsin? It's going to put them even further behind the eight ball. Well, the problem is like your, your gimme games like Rutgers and stuff, like these teams play this gross style and this clock thing and yeah these games are so short now that it makes it a lot harder and what's gonna be really wild is when they don't hit the mark of 25 points per game and it doesn't matter right because if Kirk Ferentz wants to stay Brian Ferentz is going to have to stay Kirk Ferentz, I, there's no way Kirk Ferentz is, is going to come back if it's without Brian Ferentz. And is Iowa willing to make that move? Beth Getz, step up. Is, is Beth Getz willing to say, Kirk, I'm sorry, but it's so bad. If you want to come back, great, but Brian's got to go. I don't know. I don't know if she's willing to do that. Not if tickets are still selling out. You look at that schedule right. next year. Want to get to those games. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really, really interesting at the end of this season when he doesn't make that mark. And it's going to be it's 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 going to be basically whether or not Kirk Ferentz wants to come back. I still can't believe that this is a thing. I, I can't either. It's such Let's a do joke. A re- Recap of our uh, circuit competitions yesterday. A couple people asked me in the parking lots this weekend, when's circuit going to do one of them uh, deals where you, you spend $3 and you get 400 free dollars? They don't do that crap. What? Those are all gimmicks. 
They don't do it because they put that money and they give us better odds. They don't have junk, juice, all that stuff. This is why I bet with Circa. Circa Sports Iowa. Download the app today. We survived again. I believe we're one of the last like 1,500 left in Circa Survivor. Out of how many? Uh, like 6,000. Okay. So what? So our, uh, I feel like 70, we're in a really good 70% group right. or so have already been eliminated? Yeah. <clears throat> and we, we, we made the, the strategic pick to go against Bryce Young back-to-back weeks. We wanted, ideally, to take the Dolphins this week. Yeah. But we went with the Lions because the Dolphins play the Panthers next week, this week. So I, we're in a really good spot this week. I think Bryce Young's going to be a bust, by the way. <laughs> oh, God. You say that, and now we're going up against them in Survivor again, and he's going to have his best game. Even if he I does know, just... have his best game, though, they're playing the Dolphins. What's, what's that? We, what is that line this week? Van Wink, look up the line. Dolphins, Panthers. I thought I saw 14, and I was tempted Oof. to play it already. Goodness. What Matt pulled up. I uh I just I think he's gonna be a bust. None of these guys always hit. I think Richardson's gonna be good. Obviously Stroud's good. I think that he's gonna be the bust this year. I'm worried about Richardson. He got hurt again. He he cannot continue to play the way he's playing. This is three right. games now where he's been knocked out due to injury. Line is yeah. thirteen and a half at ESPN. I'm pretty sure it's already been bought up to fourteen in most books. So <clears throat> our uh our record in mm. we 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 had a tough one yesterday. First non-winning week since week 1. It's all right. We're still we're still in the game. That's the key. We're not having like 1 and 4 and 0 oh and 5 weeks. We had a tough one a good call by you on the Bengals. They they finally Started to look like themselves. I've already, for what it's worth, on my own personal bet against the Bengals next week. Uh, they play how about Seattle. the pa- how about the Patriots? Whew. Are the Patriots? Is Bill Belichick going to be fired? That was a bad call. That's back to back weeks. He suffered the worst losses of his career. Those are the two worst losses of his career in back to back weeks. The Saints just stomped them. That was a. I, I don't know. I I thought because he was coming off his worst loss that this was one of those circle the wagon moments back at home against a Saints team that they had not looked good. They had more turnovers than touchdowns. Oof, my God, that was horrible. Rams had a chance. I mean, Rams could have covered against the Eagles. That was a pretty good game, but didn't cover the four and a half. And my favorite of the week I lost. I, I'll I'll fall on the sword. You love the Broncos. Broncos, didn't you? Yeah. God. The Jets are not good either. Like, that's the thing. Like, you watch that game, and, like, the Broncos at every... Russell Wilson is just a fish out of water. Brees Hall ran all over him. Hold on. I've got a four-year-old. Hey, I'm on the What's air. Go- what? i got a four-year-old. She's bothering me. Hey, someone in the comments is saying we haven't talked any placenta yet today, so we're a little off-brand. <laughs> I, it's It's actually getting out of hand, like, the amount of humans that yell placenta at me on a daily basis now placenta. i'm walking the tailgate lots on saturday and i kid you not every other spot i walked by probably 10 people placenta <laughs> what did you do with that uh, placenta sex toy that uh crystal well, Bloom funny. sent you last week here's what's funny about whoever whatever wise guy sent that over here it was crystal bloom wasn't it 
No, but some listener got it to the blooms to get to me. Huh? It was a listener that sent it to the blooms oh. to deliver to me. What they they got they got it at the adult superstore? So how do you use the placenta as a sex toy? I got my kids. What did, with how did me. you guys use it this weekend, Williams? I have my kids with me and you, Cameron. You, what is what is that? What? And I had to explain to her what a placenta is because this stuff <laughs> this stuffed placenta is just sitting right here on my desk. I was like, well, it's a part of the body. Where? Like in the leg? <laughs> no. That's an umbilical cord. Funny you thing, I, I-, I was actually, I just dropped Cameron off at school, and I'm driving back today, hassle, and drive by Bloom's house as I do every day. And one of those Amish benches oh, is just sitting See, in Bloom's, and this is sitting my- in Bloom's driveway right now. The bane of my social media existence is is those damn Amish gliders because it it starts clogging up my feed every Saturday. People tagging me on this damn We Will Brent Bloom Signature Series Amish glider because he brings it out and it puts it like every single person that goes into Jack Tri Stadium has to walk past these ugly ass <laughs> gliders in in hopes that one of them will pay the $1200 or whatever the hell they're charging for it and sure enough no one does they're always there and they're always just sitting there for you know, people come up and take pictures with him blooms just like five different tweets of his where people sitting on those gliders trying to get somebody to bite. <laughs> hey, here's an idea. They're maybe actually very nice. Maybe you shouldn't charge a mortgage payment for two things that, that look like they belong at the McDonald's play place and look like they are really uncomfortable to sit in. Like, where is somebody going to put one of these things? Well, Bloom's driveway. So they're really just sitting in Bloom's driveway now? Yeah, I'll go take a picture for you if you want. Like, I literally just saw it like an hour ago. So he, every week he's just going to take them back up to Ames and put them out in hopes that somebody buys them again? I don't know how it works. You have to ask him. The guy can't even give them away. He tried to give them to you. You said no. <laughs> and then I, we heard from uh, somebody on in, in my DMs <laughs> last week that said there was some, like, Amish door-to-door salesman that came to his house and was trying to sell him on these Amish gliders and he's like he rolled up in his horse and buggy yeah (laughs) what is going on is there only one of them or did they make a bunch of them that's three former Iowa State offensive linemen sitting on the glider so you know it's a quality product that's a quality item right there with them on it yeah uh could be worse. You could be Mario Cristobal today. Oh, Jesus. I So here's what's funny about that. So that happens, and we're all up in the press box, right? The Iowa State game's just getting over with when this goes down. And everybody is on social media is like, could you imagine something like that happening to your <laughs> team? And we're all just like, uh, yep, it did. Uh, and it cost Paul Rose his job. That was one of the worst. That was the day hassle that I went to the Grove. Me and my friends. 
I took a day off, a Saturday off. We went to the Grove to watch Ole Miss and LSU. And we were all watching that game. Actually, it was Scott Edwards from Plaza RV. He was down there, too, randomly, because his daughter was going to Mississippi. And we had all these Ole Miss fans like cheering for Iowa State. And we were watching this in the Grove. And that happened, and it absolutely ruined my day. Like, I couldn't even enjoy the old Miss Caleb LSU thinks game. that you mean that you were in Ida Grove. <laughs> no, no. Battle Creek, Ida Grove. O-A-B-C-I-G, baby. One of the nicest football stadiums in the state. Um, yeah, it's just funny, because all these people are like, oh, my God, could you imagine? And I, eh, been there, done that. And then Paul Rhodes was fired. On, I, I, I was covering Paul Rhodes getting fired from the back of a van on my way back up from Mississippi the next day. You drove down to Mississippi? Yeah. We all rented Jesus. the van. It was it was quite the de- quite the deal. Oh. Just down Jeff the ball. Jeff says the son. Ames is greater than the Grove. <laughs> yeah, I th- these coaches that do this stuff and it, it it actually happens more than you think. You you just only hear about it when someone fumbles and then it becomes a disaster and like so many things had to had to still go wrong you had to fumble other team had to recover other team had to make two huge plays to win the game and they did that other team Georgia Tech Georgia Tech goes into Miami and beats Miami because Mario Cristobal can't do math like these coaches how do you not if if you can't do it yourself, and if you're too busy somebody to do that kind of stuff, it. that's my hire point. somebody for forty thousand dollars a year. Take it out of your paycheck because you make so much money; it doesn't even matter. Have them either on the sidelines with you or in your ear, and all they're doing is just doing math, simple math. Knee the football, game is over. That's it. There was no need to run a play. Victory formation, knee the ball, game over. That that was my takeaway. Like the head coach is dealing with a lot. There's got to be somebody in his ear. Hey, some coaches have done this. Some coaches have hired clock specialists that will let them know. Okay, this is when you need to call this timeout to save the most amount of time. You call a timeout here. Then you know if it's the NFL, then you let it go to the two minute warning because there are nuances and little ways that you can save extra time in college football it's not even that complicated because you don't have a two-minute warning you take if you run a play and then you get at least 40 seconds on the other end of that play for the clock to just run if the other team doesn't have any timeouts that is not hard it is All so I could think simple about was coach paul Rhodes, man and again, though, another example, Iowa State loses that game and they made a change. If they win that game, you go on with another year of Rhodes, which maybe he could have gotten back to 6-6 six and six or stuff. But, but, but instead, you go to Matt Campbell, mm-hmm. you make a change. And it and was the right move. Happen. It had run out. Like, Rhodes had mm-hmm. run out of steam. There's no doubt in my mind. All right, uh, we'll be back on... Tuesday or on Thursday, we have a full lineup of shows here as always. Go and check out Amber Alexander's new forecast too. It's going to get cold, buddy, up here. It's uh, it's fall. It's flannel weather. You know, Eric Murphy was re- was really um, thrown off. He said, "Hey, wh- what are you and Williams doing with this network, where you've got a woman 
holding a baby doing a, a live weather <laughs> broadcast. That's her I new said, baby. you just wait. You just wait. We might see a live breastfeeding forecast <laughs> down the road. <laughs> With the Amber actually texted us or tweeted at us that um, she was watching two guys named Chris on her TV with the baby. That's right. And we were going off about the placentas, and it put. Well, the baby she said to sleep. that he throws a fit unless we talk placenta. This is the only place you're going to get real placenta talk. <laughs> There's the picture of Amber's baby watching us. My God, what are we doing? Thanks to Fairway Channel Seed Studios, Maddie Van Winkle doing a great job of production as always. Subscribe and follow us at all of your social media platforms. Maybe not Threads. I don't know what that's going on, but uh, we'll be back on Thursday. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Take care. Iowa everywhere.